Hi, listener. Welcome into the post-game podcast with Jeff Eisenband. Last week, the Big Ten was in town for Big Ten Basketball Media Day at Madison Square Garden. Of course, most players and coaches looking ahead to this upcoming season, but instead I took it as an opportunity to uh, reminisce on the last season. Ben Burton sitting with me right here. Um, so you were with me when I sat down with Chris Collins, Brian McIntosh, and Scotty Lindsay, coach and two seniors on the Northwestern men's basketball team. And was I, was I fanboying a little bit over them? What was that like? Um, a little bit, but I was kind of impressed how Coach Collins, Brian, and Scotty all kind of knew you before. Uh, that's right. You, they all follow you on Twitter. They all, um, you told them that you had Kim Collins following you on Twitter. That's true. So I was impressed that they all knew who you were, but you were a little fanboying. Well, and to, I guess before we even start, just to stroke my ego, just a touch. What did Chris Collins say about me? He actually called you a social media sensation, and you were quick to say that your mom could not hear that. She would <laughs> kick you off Twitter immediately. That's going to be within, you'll hear that actually within the first minute or so. Of the highlight of mine during that whole thing was where they're looking at their fantasy team. They're in a Northwestern <laughs> fantasy league that they said Charlie Hall, uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus' son, is actually leading. Yep, he's, he's the, the commissioner. They said he's the walk-on, so he's the commissioner of the league. Um, it was Thursday night. It was Thursday. Thursday night football is about to happen. And uh, McIntosh said, Jeff, should I start uh, Marshawn Lynch or Jarek McKinnon? And Jeff said, well, I think Marshawn Lynch, he's consistent. You'll know what you're getting. I actually said, I think you should start McKinnon. He's been better. And, but Brian wanted to start McKinnon. And if you watch the game on Thursday. Then you know what happened. You know Mar what Marshawn happened. Lynch Marshawn got Lynch suspended. After was ejected with two rushes, nine yards. And Jeff yeah, actually yeah, tweeted, yeah, at, yeah. tweeted at Brian saying, did you end up starting Lynch? And Brian responded, no, I stuck to my gut and started McKinnon, who got about seven fantasy points. So that was a highlight for me of the media day and Jeff. So the, the moral of that, I guess the, the, to wrap that up, is that I gave Brian McIntosh terrible fantasy football advice, but he didn't take it, and he actually starred Jarek McKinnon over Marshawn Lynch, so it all worked out. Um, now we can get into this podcast. Chris Collins, just so you guys know, we actually uh, taped with Bryant McIntosh and Scotty Lindsay first, but we're going to put Chris Collins first, make him the first half of this podcast, and then the two players after. Uh, we talked about a variety of stuff. Of course, we reminisced on last year. Of course, we did have to ask Chris Collins about that technical foul that he took after the goaltending against Gonzaga last year. I guess I'm kind of talking, expecting mostly really hardcore Northwestern fans to be watching this, to be listening to this. But even if you're not a Northwestern fan, uh, you should enjoy it. We talked to Chris about um, you know his early days with his dad coaching the Bulls when he was a kid, Michael Jordan coming by for some dinners. Um, his relationship with Coach K and the other assistants under him. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of good stuff yeah. in there. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff for all. Um, for Northwestern fans, we, we talked about the transition this year. All-State Arena will be a little bit different. Um, and also just, I mean, this is a team that's that's going to be a Big Ten contender, which for my Northwestern brethren, that's pretty crazy to hear. But I'm dead serious when I say it. Um, so let's get into that. Chris Collins, Bryant McIntosh, Scotty Lindsay, a Northwestern special here on the Postgame Podcast. All right, I'm now here with uh, a man who made my spring, my winter and spring. 
very, very happy last year. Chris Collins in your fourth year at Northwestern, of course, taking the team to the NCAA tournament. Now we're here in Manhattan. Uh, you've coached a few games at Madison Square Garden, am I correct about that? And as an assistant. I have, I have. Uh, as a, a, a few yeah. at Duke. Uh, but I want to start with one story, which was last year, uh, the Under Armour Chalk Talk that you were hosting with your, with your dad, Doug. Uh, I came up to you thinking, you know, I, he's probably not going to know who I am. I'm just going to say hi. And I said, I'm yeah. Jeff. And you said, you're from New York, right? Yeah, yeah. And I was, sh- I was, I was like, Chris knows who I All right. Hey, great. So first of all, thank you for giving me that moment. You're welcome, man. You're a social media sensation. <laughs> I, you don't want my, my mom is going to hear that. She's going to be like, oh, my God, get him off Twitter. Um, but, you know, the whole team was a sensation last year. Um, and, you know, watching this team, there are so many questions I could ask, but watching this team grow from your first year, which I, I love to tell people. So your first, you signed, and in the spring of my sophomore year, which would have been spring 2013, I remember when you were serving chips at yes. the Frontera Fresca. One of my finer moments. <laughs> um, to go from that, where probably, honestly, no one knew who you were. No question. Sitting there, to now, can you walk down the streets of Chicago and people don't stop you? I don't know if it's that bad, but uh, it's been really fun to the growth of the program and the way the city and Evanston and everyone has really rallied around our success. It's something that I dreamed of. It's it's a vision that I had when I took over the program. And But then to see it come to reality, it always uh, it makes you smile because like you said, in year one, I was literally in uh, in the union, you know, begging people to come to the game. And they're like, well, what sport? You know, what do you coach? And what does that mean? And, you know, and, and to go into having sellout crowds last year and people painting their faces and dressing in purple and um it's it's been a lot of fun this four years watching the program grow and get to the level we're at now your, your first two years you had a couple of losing streaks long losing yes. streaks you know not not to not going to put it slight there yeah. i mean they were long losing streaks i remember winning some games there was an indiana game at home like an overtime game yeah. that was something like 48 48 yeah. at the end of regulation yeah. it was like we are just gonna bang I'd, teams uh, we're gonna uh, we're gonna get 40 point games yeah. and maybe we'll get you know, a couple of baskets. And, and during that time, obviously you hadn't recruited yet, but going from Duke to that, and I know there's been reports about this, but, you know, deep down, did you ever question the move in those first couple of years? No, I mean, I think the one, the lowest moment in, for me personally was my first conference game uh, when we played Wisconsin. Oh, Sam yeah. Decker, Frank Kaminsky, I'm all fired up. First game in a conference at home. I walk out into the into Welsh Ryan and 70% of the place is red. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of my first little downer. And then we proceed to go out in the first half and be down 40 to 14 at halftime. And it was probably the one moment where I kind of looked at the wall in year one and I really didn't have any answers. I didn't know what to do. Um, I think I realized how hard it was going to be. Um, and from there, we just kept fighting. and. The fun part about that story was 30 days later, but that same Madison. group went up to Madison and found a way to win against that same Wisconsin team. And I think that was kind of our first statement kind of win, like, all right, we're on the right track. But there's no question in the first two years, it's not easy to lose. It's, it's not fun. You know, we had a 10-game losing streak my second year, and we didn't win for almost two months. I mean, that's, that's not easy and it's not easy to stick with it and keep coming to work every day and staying positive and being enthusiastic. But every time we were kind of at that cracking point, I felt like we rallied and found a way to win a big game or find a way to put together five out of seven wins. And, um, you know, that's what makes it gratifying, though, at the end is to look back at those times 
and realize where you came from and how hard it was and how hard you worked to get to where we are now. Well, and I mean, in Durham, I'm sure you, you know, you can't walk that you were, you were an assistant coach, but you're also a star player. Um, people knew you and then going to this, this Edmonton setting where you're, we should mention Frontera Fresca, a Rick Bayless yes, uh, restaurant, yes, a, yes, a Skip yes, Bayless brother yes. uh, restaurant. But then, and I was talking with the guys, I was talking with Brian and Scotty. I mean, to me, that Salt Lake City game, those Salt Lake City games felt more like home games yeah. than take away those last few games at Welsh Ryan Arena last yeah. year were incredible. But for the most part in your career, wouldn't you say Salt Lake City felt more like a home game? It was so awesome. Um, you know, I didn't really know what to expect. I knew it was going to be great. You know, I heard stories of the 95 Rose Bowl and how the By whole the way, place Sa was purple. Salt Lake City, worst city that could, they could have <laughs> possibly picked. But people still came. But it showed. It yeah. showed how important it was. I mean, it almost brought tears to my eyes walking out in that Vandy game and seeing all the purple and seeing people standing and cheering and because it was it was literally all the stuff that we imagined all the stuff you when I sat in Brian McIntosh's home and Vic Law and Scotty Lindsay and I talked about what it would mean to take a Northwestern team to the tournament and how they'd be remembered and what their legacy would be it was happening and it was a surreal feeling it was a great feeling and I was so proud of those guys and I was so happy that they were the ones to kind of to crack it and to, to be the ones to get there because they were the ones that believed when there wasn't much to believe in. Talk about bringing a tear to your eye. I didn't see you cry. I did see your dad cry yeah, yeah. there. Yeah. When did you know that he had cried? Oh, I, I probably could have guessed it. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't see him crying, but uh, I know he's an emotional guy. So if you were to ask me how did he react, I would have said he was crying. So it, it, was, it was just a great, it was a great weekend. Um, and, and it showed me, too, uh, the power of Northwestern. And to see all the alums and to see everybody travel all the way to Salt Lake City from all over the country, it showed what our potential is. And that's what makes me even excited about the future is I think we still have a lot more we can accomplish. Now, during that stint at the end of the year, let's take the Michigan, the pardon. Well, also, let's just throw out, you lose the game to Indiana yeah. and never really look back from that. Yeah. Uh, but so the pardon basket, then the Purdue game, which is a loss, but probably the best atmosphere Welsh Ryan yeah. Arena has ever seen. Um, people forget the Maryland game Big Ten in, Championship yeah, game in Washington, D.C. Yeah. Um, to get that, and then the Vanderbilt game. Which was your favorite game of those games? Well, I mean, f they were all special in different re reasons. But, you know, the Michigan game, because we knew we needed one more win. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. And CBS and, was coming that weekend. And the way, yeah, and, and the way that the game played out, it was almost like the movie finished. You know, it was if you were going to write a script for Northwestern breaking the, the streak and getting to the tournament – it would be a home run pass in a tie game with one second to go at home and a sellout crowd and everyone mobs the floor. And so it was a little bit surreal. And to do it at home with, with friends and family and supporters and everybody there, um, that game, you know, will, will always be a very special one to me and to the program. Um, to win in the Big Ten tournament obviously was great and get to Saturday, which we've never done before. Mm -hmm. And then to be able to stamp the season by going to the NCAA tournament and winning. You know, it's it's great to go to the tournament, but you go and you kind of lose that first game. And not that it loses its luster and it doesn't, but, but it stamps your season if you can go and win. And that's what our guys were able to do and give Gonzaga a great game. Did you feel bad for the Vanderbilt kid when he committed I did. that foul? I did. You know, I, I, you know we've all... Look, basketball is a game. It's a split-second decision game. And, you know, he he thought they were winning. and Matthew Fisher-Davis. He thought they were losing. And 
he went to foul McIntosh and we were actually down by one and fortunately it sent Bryant to the line who's our best free throw shooter and we made two and got a stop and got the win but you definitely feel bad for a guy because you don't want you don't like players in those in that, that kind of atmosphere to to make a mistake like that but the reason they were back in the game was because of, of course him. I mean he had an unbelievable game so you end up when you're in it as long as I've been in it you end up winning some games like that and then losing some so they all kind of they all kind of balance out yeah Brian had pretty much the same answer that he had taken them back except he said he didn't feel as bad <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because yeah, yeah, he got yeah, to yeah, shoot the free throws yeah, right. and win the game um the athletic staff guys were telling me that that you don't love to talk about the Gonzaga game, but I'm going to ask about yeah. it anyway. Um, hindsight's 2020. If you go back and put yourself in that situation, how do you react after the te- after probably after the, the same? After the I mean, I think I react the same. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I really and I I liken it to this. I, I it's like when you're walking down the street and you're with three friends, and one person sees something that the other three guys don't see, whether it's something up in the, mm. the sky or you see something happening and you're like trying to get your friend's attention and they don't understand and you're trying to get them to look at something. And I mean, I wasn't trying to get a technical. I wasn't, I wasn't cursing at those guys. I was, you even saw by the way mm-hmm. I was, I was making the hand movement mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. the guy went through the basket. And you know, when you're in a, when you're in an emotional game like that, when you're in a fight, you've come back from 20 down, it's it's such a pivotal possession. You know we're on a big run. Um, you know that was a, just an instinctive reaction. Of course I, I wish I wouldn't have gotten a T. But I if I'm in that situation again, you know I think with that kind of a call and a kind of a play, I, I probably would have done the same thing. And it is what it is. I mean it's. Uh, you know, what stinks about that is it kind of overshadowed what the game was about. And even though I think we would have had a great chance to win, I'm not saying we would have won, it overshadowed the comeback, mm-hmm. you know, that we made. Like, we were down by 20 at half playing a team that could have won the whole thing. And a lot of teams would have just said, you know what, we've had a great year. We're in the second round of the tourney. We're playing a great team. They're kicking our butts. Let's just roll over. Let's go home. Let's celebrate our season. But our guys refused to do that. They got together and they said, look, we're going to let's come out fighting. Let's see if we can make a game out of it. And they did. And we almost pulled it off. Yeah. I mean, I've I'm throwing away all objectivity at this point. And I'll tell you, I mean, in the arena, first of all, I told Bryant this. He go baseline every play in that second half against Gonzaga. He was going he was just blowing past guys on the right side. I think you guys probably had like five or six baskets, but just him yeah. blowing. And that's kind of how the the, the goaltending ended right, up right, getting right, set right. up. Um, I thought you were saying that, that it was a foul. Because yeah, I was yeah, in the yeah. crowd, I wasn't. At, I was like, "Yeah, it looked pretty close." I mean, it, it wasn't even something. I'm, I'm checking my phone. All of a sudden, is blowing up, and people are like, "It was goaltending. It was goaltending. It was goaltending." I'm like, "Wow." Yeah, no, and and you know what? In in the referees' defense, that is a difficult thing, because um, well, they're looking at other things. So you know, to go through the basket, it is what it is. I did happen to see it, so that's kind of why you I you have great eyes, that. clearly. <laughs> and I believe that could be replayed now. Or they were talking about. It. I can't remember what ended up happening. They were talking about the potential replay reform. Yeah, they're looking at it, and um, it's just goal- with goaltending, it's tough because mm-hmm. how do you stop the game? What do you call to go to the replay? And it's just a tough call. It's a judgment call. You're gonna have that. There's human element, and those are the best officials we have. I mean, those there was a guy on there that had refereed in multiple Final Four- Fours. Mm-hmm. Like it's, they're not bad. They're really good officials. It was just one call, and and they missed it, and we happened to be on the on the tough end of it, and. You got to deal with it, and like I said, when you're in it a long time, though, and you're you coach a lot of games and play a lot, they they seem to kind of even themselves out along the way. 
I overheard Brian telling Teddy Greenstein, he only talks about last year when the media asked. So you guys are on to greener yeah, yeah. pastures. Um, speaking on more of a higher note, Brian, you know, announced today unanimous uh, first yeah. preseason, first team all Big Ten. Could you, did you imagine that from him as a freshman? He's been better, you know, than, which is a good thing in recruiting. Mm-hmm. Um, I, thought he would, could, I thought he could be really good, and he's been even better. And, you know, what he's meant to our program. We gave him the ball from day one. We let him go through some freshman mistakes as a young player. We stuck with him. He's, he's got an amazing will. He's a winner. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's two-time state champion in the state of Indiana in high school. And he's brought that winning DNA to our program. And, you know, he's been an extension of me on the floor. Um, and I, I want to cherish this last year with him. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be one sad guy at the end of uh, this year because of what he and this senior class has meant to our program. Uh, you know, everyone surrounding Miles Bridges, Bridges here, do you think Brian can give him a run at Player of the Year in the Big Ten? Well, I think it's all predicated on winning. Mm-hmm. You know, I think uh, to the victors go the spoils. You know, I've always been a big believer in that. If, if your team wins and you win a league or you're up there, then those individuals should get those accolades. So... You know, the, it's, it's hard to, when things are voted on, you know, it's, it's hard to really spend too much time because you can't really control what people vote. All you can do is go out there and try to play well. And I will say this, I think he's as indispensable as any player in the Big Ten to their team. And I wouldn't trade him for anybody. For the fans out there potentially going to Allstate Arena, what experience are they going to have this year? Well, hopefully it's going to be a similar experience. I mean, it's going to be different, a, a much bigger venue. Um, in Welsh Ryan, it's not going to be that packed in, smaller, kind of on top of the floor type of type of attitude. But, uh, you know, I, I, th- I think the way people rallied around our team last year, the crowds were great. Uh, I hope they'll rally around us, us again and, and want to come out and want to support us. And, you know, we just have to make that the best home court, home court we can. I mean, we have great things coming down the horizon. We got a great new arena, great new practice facility. But for this year, we have to make Allstate our home. And, and that's kind of the mentality that we're taking into it. Yeah, and the, the team's practicing at Blomquist yeah, right now. I yeah. think people, you know, you alumni. You should see it. It looks good. That's what everyone keeps telling me. Yeah. It looks it looks great. Um, you know, how are these guys taking it in stride? Especially, you know, to be honest, Scott, Scotty, Brian, Gavin, I feel bad that they won't yeah, right. have an on-campus arena for the last year. Not that there's anything, you know, it'll be great for the program. But how have these guys taken it in stride? Yeah, I mean, I think the one thing more than any, you know, the the only negative for the new facility project was their senior year. You know, mm-hmm. not having Welsh Ryan, not having that home on-campus arena for them to play in. But I also wanted them to know, and I think they understand this, the reason why we're getting all new stuff is because of them. Mm-hmm. And they should take great pride in the legacy that they're leaving and what they've created you know, for people to, to, to pony up more than $100 million for new basketball facilities. It's because of the product that they've put on the floor. So, um, you know, you do feel bad for them. Um, we're going to try to make their senior year the best we can. Um, I think we're excited about what we can become as a team and what our potential is. And, you know, we just we have to go out there and, and, and play every game. I know it's a, it's a cliche and I hate it, but you can't get ahead of yourself in college basketball. You got to go out there and play. And at the end of the day, we'll get what we earn and, and hopefully we'll be in the mix to be a, a postseason contender again. Pat Fitzgerald always talks about guys. He says, this is the guy who can play on Sundays, is what he says. I don't know if there's an equivalent. For Pat. This is a guy that can play on TNT on Tuesday <laughs> and Thursday nights. Um, is Brian, what does Bryant McIntosh have to do to be that guy? Yeah, he'll certainly have a chance, as will Scotty. 
you know, as will some other guys in our program. Um, and that's the goal. I mean, we want these guys to be in a position where ultimately they can be pro players. And for the first time ever, we're having pro scouts at practice. You know, we haven't had that in four years. In so. Blomquist. In Blomquist. We're having <laughs> NBA teams come in and watch us play. So in practice. So uh, Bryant will definitely have a chance. He's one of these guys that you might look at him and say he's not as athletic or, you know, he doesn't blow you away with the measurables. But all he does is win, and coaches value that. And so in the right situation, uh, I think he's a guy that will have a chance to make a team, and I'm, I'm excited. I, I just don't want it to come too soon because I want to coach him for as long as I can. And this, when we put this together, Brian's interview will come after yours. But he did say something that I need to bring up, and I hope I'm not ratting him out, but he talked about why you don't want to play Duke. Um, and he talked about Bobby Knight and Coach K having some sort of discrepancy after they had played in the Final Four. Is that is that a true story? Yeah, I'm not sure if it's about that. I, I just think, um, you know, I, I just think Coach K views all of us that are coaching as sons. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, for me or for Wojo or Johnny Dawkins, like it's it's just a no win for it's too emotional. Mm -hmm. You know, we we all spent a lot of a lot of Tommy Amaker at Harvard spent so much a lot of blood sweat and tears together and we root for each other so I don't think any of us really like to play one another unless it's like a tournament and you have to so mm -hmm. I think that's kind of what it is we we're all each other's biggest supporters and it just would make it a tough situation emotionally for for us to play and although if it had to happen then you got to put all that aside and you got to go out there and compete and try to win you got a plane to catch so I don't want to hold you too much longer but I do want to know growing up with your dad coaching the Bulls um, like, does, does Michael Jordan ever come over to family dinners in the 1980s, or what was that like? It, he came over a few times back uh, back when he was playing for my dad, and uh, obviously as a 13-year-old kid, That's that was cool. a pretty cool thing. <laughs> and I still have a poster that he signed that it was on my wall, and when he came to my house, I, I had him sign it. So uh, uh, it, it's been special for me to, to be around my dad and have access to pro athletes and greatness because really it's shown me you know, in order to be successful, these are some things that you have to do. So I've been lucky with my childhood, and um, now it's my time to give back the things I've learned and, and try to help Northwestern be the best basketball program we can be. Were you a like when MJ shows up at the house? Are you a giddy kid? Giddy, or you, yeah. You're, you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you annoying him? Like no, I wasn't annoying him. You know, for me, my dad was an NBA player, so um, not many people got me awestruck. Mm -hmm. You know, I wasn't, I was around pro players. I was around athletes all the time, but mm -hmm. there's like a different level of athlete that kind of gets you that way. Mm -hmm. And Michael's one of those it's guys. Pretty, yeah. Yeah. I put so, him in that echelon. I wasn't like annoying. I was more like stay quiet, like kind of in awe, kind of staring at him type of, type of deal. Is there any athlete that your dad's introduced you to or anyone that's, that's left you like that other than Michael Jordan? Uh, Magic Johnson's a guy for me. I just, I love, you know, I'm, I had an opportunity, Larry Bird. Mm -hmm. um, when I was really little, I had a chance to meet Muhammad Ali. I was going to say that you was know, the name like, I was so, thinking. You know, and one, which was pretty amazing. Like all of a sudden you're, meeting this guy and you're like man that's that's Muhammad the champ Ali. right there so um you know it, it has to be an ilk of guys that uh you know there's a there's there's a level of greatness that all of us aspire to and those guys certainly have achieved it uh last question what win total will you be happy with this year uh, i don't want to put a number on wins um you know i will be happy though i i think we need to to try to make a push to compete in the big 10 this year and it's an 18 game. I call it an 18 round fight. And it'll be 20 know, soon. Yeah, gonna be 20 soon. But th this year it's an 18 round fight, and 
um, you know, obviously you got to win more than you lose if you want to be relevant at the end of the year. And, and the main thing is I want us to I want us to attack the journey each day and not fast forward because you start fast forwarding. Well, this is what we're going to do in January, or February. Then you end up tripping up in November and, and December. So we got to take every game. We got to approach every day. We got to attack it. And I tell the guys all the time, like, we'll get what we deserve at the end. And let's deserve great things. Chris. Thank you so much for joining me here. Good luck with the season, and you know what? I'll see you in the spring when you guys come back for the Big East, the Big East, the Big Ten tournament here at Madison Square Garden. Awesome! Can't wait to be back. Thank you. All right, that was Chris Collins giving you a, a little insight into Northwestern last year, Northwestern this year. We're now going to go to Brian McIntosh and Scotty Lindsay, two seniors. Part of Chris Collins' first recruiting class, of course, with Gavin Skelly and Vic Law. Vic Law, a redshirted junior, so he'll have an extra year. Um, and, and as you know, we'll, you'll you'll hear some of what was said um, will be redundant because I mentioned it again with Chris. Um, but the guys just really excited for this year, and and two guys that even if you're not just a Big Ten fan, you're an NCAA fan. Two guys that have to be on your radar, both preseason All Big Ten players. So now Brian McIntosh and Scotty Lindsay. Now here with uh, someone who was just named unanimous All Big Ten first team, I guess preseason. That's right, Brian. Right? Yeah. Uh, Brian McIntosh with me, someone who just made me me so happy last year. And I was actually just we I was talking about the Gonzaga game with someone, and my first reaction was, I'm watching that game. I'm sitting in Salt Lake City. It seemed like you could go baseline on Gonzaga every single play that game. Am I crazy <laughs> to think that as as a as a fan, media player, coach? Uh, no, I, I think that's pretty common with a lot of teams, to be honest. A lot of teams force baseline. You could just, you could just go baseline so, anyway. So uh, you can go baseline. There's just You run out of real estate down there sometimes pretty quick. But um, the action we were running to get those threes in the corner started with my drive baseline. So being able to draw the defense was huge for us. And, you know, obviously um, this is your senior year, unfortunately. I hate to tell you that because, yeah. you know, it's been so much fun watching you. Um, you know, what, what goes through your head now this is your last year? Coming in as Coach Collins is obviously your first recruiting class. Um, you've accomplished so much. What's going through your head going into this season? You know, just excitement. I just want to take advantage of this moment. Um, you know, that there's nothing like playing college basketball with guys that care you know the the whole university the whole support staff everybody just you know they care and when when you leave this and you you pursue playing basketball I, I just don't see having that connection with a uh, a program and and the people in it yeah so I'm from New York when I look at it as a sports fan my three I guess favorite stretches of my fandom you have the Yankees Aaron Boone's home run that like 2003 they come back that eighth inning that game okay. um the david tyree catch as a giants fan and then i can't really i'm not going to pinpoint a game for you guys because really i guess from the the Derek pardon basket to the final basket against gonzaga i mean it was it was the most fun i've had as a sports fan i'd say so i ask you because you actually did something i didn't really do anything for that how much fun was that for you unbelievable fun uh you know, being able to celebrate the win against Michigan, having the fans pile on top. Uh, and then I don't even care about the loss to, 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 to Purdue, Purdue in the next game. Unbelievable atmosphere. That's the best atmosphere I probably will ever play in. 
uh, as far as in college basketball. Uh, just an unbelievable atmosphere. Having to turn Northwestern students away, I didn't think that would ever happen. I, we were just, I was just talking about it with some people on the athletic staff. Like if we got 75 students to a game when I was there, you know, that was, that was all right. People, people left on a Wednesday night and gone there. I mean, that was unbelievable, that entire stretch. Big Ten tournament, obviously, and then Salt Lake City, which, by the way, when you heard you were going to Salt Lake City, I know you're going to say you, you couldn't care less where you guys were going, but were you like, oh, Salt Lake City as opposed to anywhere else? Uh, n- no, because, I, I mean, I thought first we were going to Buffalo, <laughs> and <laughs> it was supposed to snow, and I was like, no. And I was actually pretty excited just because uh, John Stockton. Uh, when I walked in the arena, that was my first thought. It was just uh, – a great point guard, um, not the most athletic, but it was just so skilled and, and a great decision maker. I was just really excited to to kind of be in the same arena that he played in. Have you met John before? I have not. I really wanted to and just didn't have the opportunity. I didn't even have the opportunity to go get a picture in front of his statue. Oh, Bummer. I'm sorry. Did you did you go? I went through all like the the Mormon Tabernacle stuff and anything like. Did we, you go to anything like we, that? No, you right, just went we to the just, arena. Yeah, beautiful hotel you guys were in. Though. Beautiful hotel. Beautiful hotel. Great experience. Um, just unbelievable. Now, but outside of Stockton, obviously, you went to Steph Curry's camp twice. Yeah. Um, how uh, and and he took the picture. Scotty Scotty Lindsay's here looking at us now. He took the the great SB's red carpet picture with you guys. Um, does he talk to you often still? Uh, we still talk. Uh, you know, he's so busy. I don't want to bug he's, him. He's busy, but, uh, yes. I do know that if I ever have a question or want to bounce something off of him, I I, I feel I, I have the relationship with him to be able to do that, and I think that's really cool. When you came in versus now, I mean, how many high-profile guys, and I don't know if you can share any stories, but NBA players, college players, former coaches, have just reached out to you because they admire your game and just want to talk to you, whether it's in person or, or via phone? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the cool thing is knowing, like, those guys are following. Like, I, I know Steph follows us, and um, I played in Eric Gordon's AAU program, and, and he's messaged me. He looks great times. right now, by the way. That dunk he had, <laughs> I, I messaged him after that dunk. Unbelievable dunk. And he just said, thank you, tell your family. I said hello. But um, just knowing that, like, guys like that are following and, and kind of watching and, and admiring from afar is pretty cool. But he's an Indiana guy. So, I mean, what was was that you guys had a close relationship growing up or what was that? No, I mean, I, I played in his program, his AAU program, mm-hmm. but I had met him maybe two or three times. And uh, so, so I didn't have, like, a great relationship with him, but – uh, just knowing that you know he's still following me and, and treats me still like family, uh, was pretty cool. And so we'll bring we'll bring Scotty in here too. Just uh, you guys, you know, were obviously recruited in that first class together with Vic and with Gavin. Um, I know it's been beaten to death, you know, about buying in and whatnot. And and when you look back at that entire process, um, I guess h- how satisfying does it make you feel? that you did make this decision uh, and it, maybe it maybe it's unsatisfying maybe you wish you went to uh you know purdue or you wish you went to illinois but i would take it that's not the answer um you know how do you feel about the satisfaction of it um i just think that you know even with not just us i think just our parents too because mm-hmm. they were really interested mm-hmm. on, on our decision too um just looking back at it we wanted to come in and make history 
And, I mean, that's what we did last year. And to know that we have another chance to even make more history is just, like, it's awesome to think about. So I think it's extremely satisfying. And, Scotty, I mean, you know, you're you're out here. You're we're named preseason all Big Ten today. Um, freshman year, was that something you could have imagined uh, you reaching at this point? I mean, yeah, I always had goals for myself. I always envisioned myself as a good player. I just know I had to, you know, put in the work and I had to earn it. And, um, you know, throughout my years, I just stayed in the gym. You know, Coach Collins has always been on me. He's always thought that I had a lot of potential to be a good player. I just had to put the work in. So it's good to see some of it paying off. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, there has been, when I was there, I was, I guess, uh, at Northwestern your first two years. Um, no, that doesn't, your first year. Yeah. Um, People had said that, you know, Collins was pretty hard on you. Uh, is that is there some truth to that, and was it worth it in the long run? Yeah, for sure. Um, Coach Collins has always been hard on me, like I said. He, he sees something in me that I probably didn't see myself when I was in myself when I was younger. But, you know, if, if a coach is, isn't hard on him, that means he doesn't think that you're going to be anything. So, you know, while I might be, you know, down or mad at the moment when he's getting on me, I know it's, it's coming from a good place, and he just wants me to be better. Now, for, for both of you, there's – the fans might not realize this. You could actually, you know, win the Big Ten this year. And I'm not saying that just uh, – I'm saying, like, people are going to write about that. People yeah. are going to say yeah. that you guys might be their pick to win the Big mm -hmm. Ten. Um, how do those expectations feel different this year, knowing that you've been there before last year, you, you know, you had a legitimate – NCAA tournament season how does that change the mindset this year you know it's definitely different for us because we've never had these type of expectations it's always been about making the tournament are they going to make it or are they not so it's it, you know it's definitely different for us um but it, I mean it's cool you know we, we're up for the challenge um we can't wait to show you know how how much better we've gotten and you know we want to show that that we're a really great team this year you guys can play any opponent in college basketball who do you want to play outside the big 10 uh, I want to play North Carolina. Um, we played them. I was going to say, is that uh, a revenge yeah, sort of thing? Yeah, we played them my sophomore year. My so yeah, our sophomore year. And we played them pretty tough. Um, but, they, you know, they had a great team that year. They pulled it out against us. So I would like to play them again, though. What about you, Bryant? Uh, I definitely want to play Duke. Uh, <laughs> I, I grew up a Duke fan. Um, and I have asked for three years to, to make that happen. And... I guess the only chance of that happening is the NCAA tournament. Who have you asked? Everybody. Well, because I feel like you guys, like, when is Colin just going to pull that trigger? Because you know he wants to play Duke. No, I, I don't think he, he doesn't. Not until no, you're ready. Um, because, no, not, that, I don't think he ever does because um, there's a story behind it uh, with Coach K and Coach Knight. It goes mm. back that far when, uh, yeah, Coach K beat Bob Knight in the Final Four. Uh, Coach Knight didn't talk to him for 10 years. And so it's just not something that that the Coach K or his or his guys really want to do because they don't want to have to go through that. And it's your it's your livelihood. And that's how you're making your money. It's taking care of your family. It's a it's a business. And they all understand that. So that they don't really want to have to compete against each other unless they absolutely have to. I feel like that's a very very mature answer, especially for coming from you to understand all of that. Yeah, I mean, I understand it, but I still want that, that <laughs> You still want to – well, maybe it'll happen this year <laughs> in the tournament. Who was your favorite Duke player growing up? J.J. Reddick. J.J. Reddick. Yeah. Is that – I would have expected to be like a Greg Paulus or a one. No, not Greg no. Paulus. No. No, not Greg Paulus. No. J.J. No. Reddick. No. <laughs> I, I, was, I was too young to appreciate Wojo. Uh, but – I do. I wouldn't consider myself like similar to Wojo either. Like he, yeah, Shire. I I loved watching Shire play, uh, 
but that 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 team they had period that 2010 team was just fun to watch period well, one thing I thought I was at the chalk talk the Under Armour chalk talk last year Scotty I think you were there in the crowd with your coach um, and uh, Chris is kind of talking about everyone and he's he's calling out numbers as he explained the plays and then Doug jumps in Doug Collins and he's just saying Scotty passed to Brian here like none of the coaches in the room you know necessarily know you guys by name but he was just so animated and he got into it does he ever just show up at practice and start telling you what to do and Chris kind of has to you know could you could you and I don't know if there's an NCA infractions that I don't want to uh, you know hurt anyone with here but does Doug is he around ever well uh, definitely our first three years, Doug was okay. around all the time. You know, he texts us, you know, encouragement. If he thought we weren't playing well, he would definitely get on us. Uh, he was always in our ear um, just as, a, you know, a positive reinforcement, you know, just to get our spirits up, you know. But obviously he's working for the Bulls now, so he can't really be around us as much. That's a good point. But, uh, yeah, definitely those first three years, he was always in our ear. And, it, I mean, it's, it's crazy to have someone like Doug Collins in your ear texting you, like, I mean, I watch all the games, and he's on TV. I hear his voice. So to have him around us for those three years was awesome. Yeah, I mean, if he wouldn't have gone to the Bulls, you guys could have bookend, you know, Michael Jordan and him as a as a coach. Yeah, but I guess that would have been awesome. Is that has Doug had a similar role for you, Brian? Yeah, for sure. He's um, definitely somebody that I always know I can bounce ideas off mm -hmm. of too, and he has an unbelievable basketball IQ. So just having that resource is tremendous, and. You just know he deeply cares. You, I mean, you see his reaction in the games, watching us play. You know he cares just from that. And when did he, you find out that he cried during during that first game? In what game? When when you guys the won NCAA the first tournament? game? Uh, I found out on Twitter <laughs> after the game, just seeing his reaction. Uh, but but that, I mean, that's just another great example of how much he cares about us, about coach, obviously. And just a program, I mean, I mean, he's put blood, sweat, and tears in this program, too, so. Brian, how bad did you feel, and I, I'm sorry, the name, I know it was a hyphen last name, the guy that fouled you on Vanderbilt last year, how bad did you feel for him? Yeah, I mean, I felt bad for him, but I was also pretty happy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, you feel bad because he's taken a lot of the heat, but in reality, they wouldn't have been in the game without him. That's he, true. He had a tremendous second half, and... Just a just a mistake, and that basketball is a game of mistakes, and he just made the last one. So, um, but at the end of the day, I don't care. We won. So, <laughs> Matthew Fisher Davis. Matthew that's Fisher Davis. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Vivint Smart Home Arena, better or worse than Welsh than a Welsh Ryan Arena game last year, in terms of home court advantage. Well, well, Welsh Ryan. I guess game, it's it's bad because Welsh Ryan was amazing. Yeah, our last game at Welsh Ryan was probably the craziest game ever like uh we never fit that many people in will shrine they said that people were running into the stadium like and they turned some students away so that obviously was like a legendary game for us i mean even though we lost we always remember that game and salt lake city was like it was like northwestern like it was like they say it was painted purple like it, it was, was all purple around I was amazed because Arizona, Gonzaga, like there were some yeah. big name schools. And they're kind of over there so in that area. They were like, oh, the final like four is in Arizona. Yeah. You know, the next round would have been in Sacramento. Yeah. And it was just, it felt like a Northwestern home game Definitely the whole way through. Like a home game. It was awesome. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's all I have to say on that. There's no yeah. question. I just want to say that that was, that was an awesome experience. Yeah. Uh, before I let you guys go, just um, who are you looking forward in, within the Big Ten to playing against this year in particular, player um, or team? 
I think we're looking forward to playing Michigan State. Uh, mm. That's the team that we haven't beaten love yet. It. Um, and they, love it. they have a really great team this year. I mean, they got most of their guys back, so I think that's going to be a really good challenge. Would you D up Miles Bridges in that case? Um, I don't even think I would be on Miles Bridges, to be honest. Would I that think be that, more of that'd probably job? be Vic. Yeah. But, I mean, if, if I have to guard him, I mean, I'm going to do my best. I <laughs> obviously know he's probably going to be a lottery pick or whatever, but, yeah, I would just do my best. And what about you, Bryant? Yeah, I mean, I agree with the Michigan State, but uh, I, I really want to play Minnesota. I think they're going to be a really good team. Uh, they beat us on our home floor last year. So I think I think those two teams will be uh, really, really great games. I've never been in that arena, but people say the elevated court is awesome there. Love it. I love the arena, period. It just reminds me of an old Indiana gym, to be honest. So. Um, not sure I've ever played bad there, so hopefully we can continue that. Well, Brian McIntosh, Scotty Lindsay, a pleasure. Thank you so much. Enjoy your stay in New York. Go back to Chicago and, uh, you know, maybe bring, bring back a Big Ten championship here in a few months. I'll All see right. you then. Thank, Thank you. you. Hey, thanks for listening to that episode of the Post Game Podcast with Jeff Eisenband, with Chris Collins, with Brian McIntosh, with Scotty Lindsay. You can follow the Post Game on at the Post Game on Twitter, at The Post Game, on Facebook. Uh, also go to thepostgame.com for all of our content. And you can follow me, at Jeff Eisenband, on both or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, J-E-F-F-E-I-S-E-N-B-A-N-D. Ben. Listen, uh, Jeff is a bit of a homer to Northwestern. What? But as looking at it from the outside, <laughs> Northwestern's a team that almost made the Sweet 16 last year. They have much of their team returning. One of the brightest young coaches in college basketball, my sister's actually a freshman there. My dad's going to have me watching a lot of the games. So as just a college basketball fan, I think this is a team to be excited about. Yeah. If, uh, Teddy, Teddy Greenstein, if you've gotten this far, you saw I, I took those pictures, those two pictures with both players and coaches, and I, I have no shame at this point. Uh, that, that's how we'll end this. Again, thank you so much for listening to the Post Game Podcast with Jeff Eisenman. Stick with us. Follow us on iTunes, on SoundCloud, wherever you Enjoy your podcast, and we'll see you next time.